Welcome to the 9 to 5 podcast, brought to you by Worklight, a ministry uniting Christians to shine bright in the workplace. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Worklight 9 to 5 podcast, a podcast where we have conversations with Christians living out their faith at work. Today we have Rebecca Samuel with us. Rebecca was a speaker at our recent Worklight Story Night, an event filled with inspirational storytelling. And today we're, we're really excited to hear more from her, specifically about what she's currently doing, her recent adventure in becoming a published author, and what journeys and challenges she's encountered along the way. To give you a little bit of a preview into her life, Rebecca lives in Virginia with her husband, Jason. She's a very busy person. She's a spiritual life coach, content creator, blogger to tech, a writer, and possibly even more. She's also found that in the last year that she is on the autism spectrum with Asperger's. In her own words, she says, this last year has been a wild ride, but it's been filled with self-discovery and growth opportunities. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So without further ado, welcome Rebecca and thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Becky. This is an awesome opportunity. Thank you so much for giving it to me to be able to talk about what the Lord's doing in my life and just for him to have all the glory in it. I appreciate it very much. Amen. Amen. Yeah. We're, well, we're really excited. And first off, why don't we just start by having you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do currently. I know you have a lot of different endeavors, as we kind of talked about earlier, but where are your priorities and, and kind of what led you to where you are now? I have a few different areas where I serve with some business and some ministry. My first thing is the Lady Gadget. Uh, that is my, I guess you could say my fuel for the ministry. <laughs> so anything that I earn, a lot of times I have to take some money from that and then pour it into the ministry for different things that I need to advance that, which I think is really cool how God gave me that. The Lady Gadget is all about blogger tech for the Google's blogger platform. I've been working with it for a really long time and I realized I have a knack for the template redesigning as well as tech troubleshooting in that platform. I also have a ministry, Scripture Prescriptions Ministries, for autistic people who are struggling with trauma from the faith and from church, very specifically that niche that's such an epidemic in our churches today. And a lot of people don't know how to serve the autistic community in a way that where they feel loved and accepted. And also a local community, which is Love Your Neighbor 514, which I had talked about in Work Like Story Night, the local mauler neighborhood that we are taking care of seniors and shut-ins who have been affected by COVID. So those are my like main ones. And I'm a, a shampoo girl <laughs> as well <laughs> with Monate. I'm a mini distributor as well. That is a lot. <laughs> As I, I mentioned earlier, you are definitely a busy person. That's, it sounds like God is really <laughs> blessing you with, and working through you to do a lot of different cool things for people. That's, that's amazing. They all tie together in a lot of ways, which is really cool because I can see like the crossing of the clients and the different people that I'm working with. What kind of led you to do all this? So when I was between 10 and 14, I was super fascinated with computers and I blog on Blogger and I wasn't satisfied with the defaults of the templates there. They just seemed boring to me and I wanted to dress them up a little bit. So I started looking into the code and then I taught myself HTML, CSS so that I could change the code to make it look how I wanted it to. Then after blogging for a little bit, kind of took a hiatus because I needed to focus on school and stuff like that. 
when I got married, I ended up making another blog for my marriage to talk about our story on our military travels and things like that, which I still have up and running. I designed that thing, like really tricked that one out. (laughs) And people started like when they were going to my blog, they started asking me, oh, wow, how did you do this? I want my blog to look like that too. And so then I started a whole business by accident because people started wanting to pay me for it. And then it started a whole business where I started serving clients who work on the blogger platform and making really beautiful professional designs for them. And then the Scripture Prescriptions Ministries is a really cool story. I did not see myself making a ministry at all. This was not my wheelhouse. This isn't what I thought I could do. And then in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. in the summer, right before we had to move, another military move, the Lord woke me up and gave me all the components of what needed to happen for this Scripture Prescriptions Ministries, the name, the graphics, the copy, everything, and instructed me to put this on Facebook. So I did. And overnight, after inviting my entire friends list, also instructed, over 100 likes had come which is almost impossible in today's world of trying to get organic reach, right? It was really awesome. I put it all up there. I knew there was something going to happen, but then he kind of like had me stop and just leave it there for a little while. And then later when I found out I was autistic, that was when he started moving scripture prescriptions ministries into place. Like this is what it's for. And then love your neighbor, 514, when COVID was about to become a national emergency. I had a prophetic word from the Lord that the shut-ins and the senior citizens would be left out, that they were going to be neglected in our area, in our community. And so I needed to set something up for them to have support and, you know, people getting groceries for them, their medications picked up for them, things like that. And so I started Love Your Neighbor 514 and it was all volunteer run. It's been in kind of a hiatus for a little bit, but right now I'm picking it up again. That's amazing. That sounds really great. All of it. You have some wonderful stories. You'd mentioned this a bit ago, but you found out last year that you were on the autism spectrum, specifically with Asperger's. I imagine that was pretty big news. Very much so. I mean, it's like an identity shift in a lot of ways. Like you have your identity in Christ, but then you have your identity in the full world. Right. Mm -hmm. And it can change just everything because it brings up so much of your past I actually had in January a whole flood of nightmares. I mean, everything. It just was all hitting me like a big Pandora box got opened. And now I was hearing all of the things that from my life that I had experienced were making sense suddenly. Very overwhelming sensory experience, really. You said that you felt it was a growth opportunity from the Lord. Just overall, I'm just curious, like how it kind of changed what you're doing now and like changed the work that you were doing even. When I learned that I was Asperger's, I saw that everything that had happened in my life had a purpose in the autistic direction because I no longer was fitting in with the what we call neurotypical world, which is what I was trying to fit in with all my life. So then when I found this tribe, this group of people that were like me, it was like, I can understand you and you understand me. And so this is going to make my work and my ministry so much more powerful because I can understand what you're going through on a spiritual level in regards to the autism. That's awesome. And that's so great that you can, you can be there for other people who are experiencing something similar because you're actually going through it yourself. 
So I know you do a lot of work on social media. Um, you have a great Instagram account. And through your social media, you were recently approached by one of your connections and who's also a writing coach to be a contributing author for a book called Letters of Love. Tell me a little bit more about how that came together and why you felt called to collaborate and share. So it's kind of interesting because the autism thing intersected a little bit with my writing. I was part of this group that was for course creating. It was like 2000 women, which just shows how the Lord guides people to connect with each other. And there was two women in that group that I felt drawn to and also contacted me. One of them was Carol Jean, who is like my really good autistic friend, who is also called Social Audie now. We've kind of like worked together this past year to really move forward with what we were going to be doing, what we've been called to do. And then the other one was Melissa DeVoe, who was a writing coach. And she sent me a message and said, hey, do you want to write your story? I could help you. And at this time, I was wrestling with God on this because God was starting to move me into like, you're going to be writing again. Now, I had lost my writing ability, I guess you could say. Um, now I'm learning even just this month that it's called autistic burnout after having a traumatic event on something that was passion for you you could actually have an autistic burnout for years, like decades. And wow. so this has been over a decade that I haven't been able to write the way I used to in my teenage years. So I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to be writing again. It was terrifying. But knowing the Lord was telling me this was going to be happening. And then she sent me that message saying, are you ready to write your story? And I was just like, ah, this is amazing and wild and crazy at the same time, you know, but she was awesome. I went ahead and, you know, went through her like three day free writing course. I learned a lot. I loved her teaching style. I thought it was very true to how I understand information, very simplistic in that way. And I was like, okay, I'm getting the confidence to write as I went through her little mini course that she had. And then we stayed in touch for months. I didn't do any writing, <laughs> but she encouraged me along the way to write because she said your stuff should be published. It needs to be published. You have an amazing story. I like your writing style. I've been following you on social media and stuff. I love it. You need to be doing this. And so then later on, she was like, I'm going to be putting together an anthology of authors and I would love for you to be one of them. You need to be writing your letter. And then she made a way for me to be do this because at the time I was, I had a lot going on in my life, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't have time to add one more thing to this. But I felt the Lord telling me this is your time. It is time for you to start writing again. I want you to because your writing is going to be healing to people. It's part of your scripture prescriptions ministries I've given you. That's amazing. Glory to God. And I guess, you know, you kind of said that you, you did feel this calling, but were you ever hesitant on, you know, sharing it or sharing something so personal as a love story or a love letter? Yes, because a lot of times we look into a marriage or we look into someone's life and we see only the outside. The social media gives you this one picture of someone's life, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't always know what's going on on the inside or you don't know how someone is accomplishing what they're accomplishing. 
And it's like, okay, this is a neat insight into, you know, a, a neat opportunity for me to share a little bit of like how I am doing this, how I'm able to keep up with people in this way and love people in this way, as well as love my husband. The neurodiversity versus the neurotypical uh, match that we, me and my husband are. He's neurotypical. I'm neurodiverse, which is just another name for Asperger's or people with mental health because I have PTSD as well. There's a difference there than your cookie cutter marriage, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like it's just very different in communication and patience and love. There's so many ways that we cookie cutter and we put marriage in a box and it's just not like that. And so being able to open up about my story was a little scary because it's like now people are going to hear what our marriage could be like, you know, and that's a little vulnerable. I mean, the whole year has been about me being you know, vulnerable (laughs) with people that I don't know. (laughs) And that's what I felt like God was like tugging me in that direction. Like you've got to get comfortable telling your story and being okay with people knowing the good, the bad, the flaws, the the positives and the negatives. And is this, or have you been published in a book before or is this the first time? This is my first one. So it's very exciting. I feel like this is going to be the first of like a book of my own though because it's giving me all the practice that I need and the confidence that I need to be able to write my story as well as the skills. I'm learning a ton of writing skills over again that I knew in my teen years that I lost because of that burnout. So I'm really going back into it being like, oh, I remember that. I remember that grammar rule or, you know, I remember how I used to write like that. And it's kind of exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. I'm, I'm actually a writer myself. We can all have writer's block sometimes, <laughs> but like having, you know, what you're talking about, the burnout from Asperger's, I can't imagine the struggles that must be too, to have to relearn everything like that. It's really bizarre in how the brain shuts out information that you knew you were really good at. Because I used to be an incredible writer to the point where I was writing books and to lose that skill was really heartbreaking. It really cut me deep. And that's where that burnout came from. It's like emotionally, it was traumatic to lose all that hard work. And then my brain just kind of shut everything out and just be like, nope, you're done. You're not going to do this anymore. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird sensation. Yeah, I I feel like it's almost a writer's worst fear. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I think it's like we all have this like idea that we might forget how to do it someday, and, and to actually you know have to live that. I I can imagine it would be really frustrating, but um, it mm-hmm. sounds like you've used it as an opportunity, and I'm really excited to see more from you. I understand too that the book is non-religious and it's pretty maybe faith neutral. And that's the case with most of the authors as well. But in your letters, you were able to bring the gospel into your writing. Can you tell me more about how you were able to do that and why that was really important to you? When I first sat down to write, I was going to write something that was kind of like fluff, you know, like how I feel about everybody. And again, this is God's project (laughs) more than it was mine. And so I was like, okay, I sat down, I prayed and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to write? What message needs to come get out there? He brought to mind just the political tensions that we have going on right now, just our climate that we have going on and how we are forgetting to love. Even Christians, even people of the faith, we're losing grip on what it is to love people, what it looks like to love people. That is what formed the framework of my letter 
of showing people how I have loved people in my life, uh, even people who are hard to love, which is really difficult for us sometimes. I really frame that out and bring it all to the gospel of the fact that we cannot truly love without God. We can have this idea of love. I challenge that society's love idea with the gospel love, which is a really big thing that I think we overlook because we kind of get wrapped up in the culture and society of definition of love. And I challenge that in this letter. And then my other letter, I speak a little bit on marriage and the love of marriage and how important that is and what that can look like as well. That sounds really beautiful. And one thing, you know, especially with everything that's going on right now with the political climate and just seeing that divide happening, I keep reflecting on Jesus's new or reissued commandment, if you will, of love one another and love one another like Jesus loves us. And that that's what we will be known for as Christians. So I think, you know, having that in that book is so beautiful. Thank you. So looking back at the whole experience, what's something you would say you've learned or gained and what makes you excited or filled with joy as you think back to? I love how God works with us in every place that we are. Like it doesn't matter if we are in a depression point or if we are in a high. God is working with us in every gift that we have, regardless of how we feel. I will tell you that I had two miscarriages this year. So while all this is going on, these opportunities were coming up. And I'm like, how am I going to write in a book and publish in a book <laughs> when I just gone through a miscarriage and I have gone through PPD twice afterwards? So I was in a place of depression when this opportunity showed up. And I just think that it's amazing how God took me through that time and then brought me a project that he knew I needed to have to kind of refocus me on what was most important and then give me that opportunity to have my story still be to his glory, even when I was going through a very dark time. I think that experience was one of that was very faith building for me, as well as just encouraging to a lot of other people because other people knew I was going through. I, I went I went public on my miscarriage, knowing that this subject isn't talked about enough. And it encouraged so many people. I got so much response of thank you so much for sharing your story. A lot of people are afraid to share that. Now you've given me courage to share my own and still being able to turn around and say, I'm going to love you. And I'm going to pour into you as a person, even though I'm going through something myself. I think that's amazing and a huge testament to what God can do in our lives through pain. Amen. Yeah, actually what you're you're talking about kind of brings a verse to my mind about God always being with us. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And even through the challenges and we have them all the time, you know, things that we can't even see in our future, we have challenges coming that we can't always understand. But one thing we can understand is, is that the Lord won't forsake us and is always with us. Amen. Amen. That's a good one. So I'm just curious, we have a lot of people that we know and, and we get to see and, and talk to who are maybe hesitant on sharing their stories. What would you share with those people to encourage them? If you don't share your story, that's one less person that's actually to be able to be impacted by it. There's people out there who can relate to you and your story and your story is unique. It could be the same story as someone else, but it's unique because it happened to you. 
because you have a unique personality and your experience is unique. So don't ever say that, oh, well, there's so many stories just like that out there. Why is mine important? It's just going to get lost in a sea and an ocean of people. I definitely have had that self-doubt talk that I have put towards myself and put on myself in wrestling with God on this whole, you're going to tell your story thing. But people need to hear it because your story is going to to resonate with one, even if it's one person, it's going to resonate with someone and it's going to make a difference. One of the things that it reminds me of is a testimony. There's a reason why scripture talks about sharing your testimony and how testimony is very persuasive. When someone hears you have an experience, it is persuasive in that, oh, wow, that, that's something new that I didn't know, or that's something I could learn from. And it's very impactful to people who hear it. I could hold all of these things in that I'm sharing today and just keep them to myself and go to the grave with them. But I look at back at all the people that my story, as I gradually release it, is impacting other people's lives. Some people are going through hell <laughs> right now. And if we don't share that hope and that light with the world that needs to hear something, that things are going to get better and things won't always be like this, that I can overcome, I can come out on the other side, shining like gold. That is something that's very important for people to hear. So don't be afraid to tell your story. Don't be afraid of what people may think hearing it, even people that you know. Because I've had situations where, oh, don't tell your story. You're going to hurt us. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I've had people tell me that. And I'm like, you know what, though? If I don't tell the story, there's other people who are going to be hurting even more because I didn't say it. I completely agree. And at Worklight, we really believe that everyone has a story to tell. Mm -hmm. So a big part of what we do uses the power of real life stories to enlighten and inspire and just be there for other Christians. I've seen this light that actually comes out of stories and the way it's inspired people. And it's so beautiful and it's so reflective of Jesus and, and Jesus's love. So I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing your story with many others. Looking at the now or the present, if you will, what are you focused on in your work and how do you see God leading you through to the next thing? It's kind of interesting because God will pull me back from one area of what I'm doing to focus on something else and to like shore it up and put the foundations in place so that it can kind of automatically work, if that makes sense. He has been showing me some different things about this upcoming year, 2021. Obviously, the book being published now and then Love Your Neighbor 514, he brought back to mind. It was like, it's time to get this thing going again. There's people that need help and I need you to be there. I started a fundraising effort for my Love Your Neighbor 514 community. It's only going to be 30 days, but I'm going to have like a donation link that anybody can give at any point in time to build an emergency fund for when the state um, and the local resources fail these seniors. Some of them are too above poverty level or even just a smidgen above poverty level. And so then they get denied things like roof repairs, heat repairs, things that are very crucial to their lifestyle, to the living. So I'm starting an emergency fund for that. I'm trying to make a goal of $20,000. It's a very big, ambitious goal, but even just a little bit given can really add up. 
And then also I am working with my healing place group, Scripture Prescriptions Ministries Healing Place, which if you're on the spectrum or if you have faith trauma background, you can join that on Facebook. I am working with them and I'm starting to build small groups to help from a more personal level, more close level with small group leaders to work through this trauma because there's only one of me. (laughs) I can't, I I was doing one-on-one counseling and it got too much for me personally. So I'm doing a more group model of counseling because I have this idea of raising up leaders in the autistic community to teach them and train them on how to work with other autistics who are going through these things. So I have a fantastic little group of leaders that I am working with and who have been getting to know me, learning how to be a leader. And that's been pretty cool. So I'm going to be starting those small groups up in the near future. And then I also plan on, and this is one of my plans but the Lord always will direct the steps, right? (laughs) I also plan on starting a podcast with one of my autistic friends, Alex Ware, who also has a YouTube channel on the faith and neurodiversity intersect because a lot of uh, neurodiverse people, like I had mentioned earlier, struggle with faith because of the differences that an autistic experiences God from someone who's stereotypical. Like people say, oh, feeling of the spirit. Some autistics do not even have those sensations. And so they're being told in the church that they don't have God or they're not faith-filled. They don't have enough faith which can lead to an abusive type of pattern in their life. So we're going to be talking about how autistics experience faith and just podcasts for neurotypicals and for neurodiverse to listen to together and learn our language, learn more of how we approach faith and the Bible as well, like God's word and how we read it, how we see it. I think it's going to be really important for understanding autism uh, in general on the faith side and in church. And I think that's everything so far. I think that's enough. I don't think I should put any more else <laughs> on my plate. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that, that's all amazing. And please let us know when you start doing that podcast. It sounds very interesting and educational and really wonderful that you're doing that. So before we wrap up, I'm kind of bouncing back a little bit to the book, but Letters of Love has 11 authors and they're all sharing stories, um, their stories and love letters. From what I read, it sounds like there's various topics and types of love stories and letters. So if you could, before we wrap up here, just give us a sneak peek of what we can expect. That would be great. So um, there's actually 12 authors. I'm one of the 12. (laughs) It's okay. And we have a varied wide range of authors, which is kind of cool to have different types of stories. We have some who have experienced miscarriage and they write a letter to their lost child, uh, which I think is just beautiful. I can't wait to read that one myself. We have some who are writing to their children that are present. We have some people who are writing in general, like kind of like how I've done with legacy letters. Things that we want to say to leave behind to the next generation. It really is a very beautiful way of taking international people and bringing them together on one subject and helping us to see the different perspectives that each person has. So I think it's going to be a really great book. I am excited to read it myself because I'm going to have my own copy, of course. And I'm trying, if I can get this figured out in regards to these books coming to me, I'm trying to get them to where I can autograph them personally so that when I send them out, you get an autographed copy. Don't quote me on that, but I'm trying. (laughs) 
Wow. Who knows where God will take me and, you know, what will happen in the future. It'll be kind of cool to have that memento. Thank you so much for just joining us today. And, you know, it's really great hearing about your journey and the new book and all the different adventures that you're, you're doing right now and, and how you're serving others and, and, you know, honoring God through that work. It's, it's just amazing. And it sounds like it will, the book will be a true blessing to everyone who reads it and everyone who encounters those stories. I imagine we'll be hearing and seeing more of you in the future as your journey continues. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Becky. I really appreciate it. I just want to say God bless you, your husband, and all that you're doing right now. Thank you. God bless you too.